friends, welcome to Find Your Career Calling podcast dedicated to helping you find your next step outside of university by learning about different roles in different industries from the professionals themselves. So in this episode, I'm back with another Durham alumni, Sumia Singh. She studied computer science at Durham and now she's working as a technology analyst at Deutsche Bank. Did I say that right? Deutsche Bank. <laughs> yeah. I forget how we met. How did we meet in Durham? I um, think it might have been some seminar. I think it was the seminar with the founder of Swift Key. You asked some question and I might have asked some question or something. And then uh, somehow maybe we found each other on LinkedIn. I think something like that happened. Anyway, we, we, we went around the circles of Durham and found each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sumia is one of those women that just does everything at university. She was <laughs> co-founder. Well, you founded so many things. Like, you might as well list the accolades. Well, I don't know if I should really call myself a founder. I mean, that's a big thing to say. But yeah, I have been involved with a number of initiatives, of course, or especially running in a lot of societies or organizing events and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Tell me, how did you end up? I know that before you graduated, you were thinking a lot about where to go as you better to go to software engineering and we can, you know, like any other finalists. I mean, I was there. Everyone was there. I was kind of thinking what their next step after university was. Just tell the listeners kind of, you know, for someone who's super high achieving, who was very involved in campus life, how did you decide um, your path for you? So I would say I always had it in the back of my mind that I would study computer science and enter this field of technology. Mm-hmm. So back in my high school in India, I actually did programming in grades 11 and 12, where I was learning C++. So I had a bit of an ex- experience with programming mm. and I really enjoyed it. And I thought, yeah, sure, let's make it into a career. Why not? And mm. it's one of the most in-demand careers, of course. My Asian parents were super happy with my choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, in computer science, that's so perfect. So yeah. I think everything was already in place that way but of course I mean I only had a very limited understanding of what technology looks like I thought like Mm. okay I'll make some software write code etc but it was when I came to Durham and we have like such a diverse crowd of people coming from different parts of the world they have many different interests have been involved with so many different things Mm. right from the start and also Durham being quite a great university my department Mm. had these amazing connections with the with all these different industry professionals and companies. So yeah, often absolutely. like, right, yeah, right from year one, we would have that representation from industry on a very regular basis. I think pretty much weekly, someone from the industry would come and talk about different roles in technology, whether it could be cybersecurity or UX or business analysis or machine learning, data science, etc. And I think that really uh, piqued my interest. And I started to figure out more about what are the different parts within technology that I could follow in addition to obviously the traditional software engineering role. So it all started like, I think the best way was to get the experience in industry, the exposure. So I started applying for spring weeks right from year one or year two. So I did two spring weeks with uh, JP Morgan and Citibank. That was actually a really good opportunity for getting an insight into what working in the industry looks like. And that kind of uh, made it even more adamant that, okay, I want to work in like um, professional, um, like software engineering career. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I still don't have much of an experience of going into research and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And also I am uh, more of a kind of a person that I like like to try out many different things before committing to one. So I think working in the industry 
as opposed to research was influenced by this very maybe thought process to yeah. say that yeah. that I would really like to try out a lot of different things and yeah. if I want to transition into research or something I could do that even a few years later in my career that's such Once a good point that's such a good point like I think people forget that you know in order to be an academic you do have to specialize yeah correct i.e. Definitely. get a PhD in the topic right <laughs> exactly and 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 while there are like certain specific areas of computer science I really really like mm-hmm. so my favorite are software engineering and machine learning mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm ready to just specialize and commit to it forever I I still want to explore a lot more and and honestly I'm really enjoying my time working in the industry and there are so many different things I get to try my hands on like actually at Deutsche Bank so we have two rotations and I spent my first rotation as a machine learning engineer and now one as a software engineering in a software engineering team so it's like the dream <laughs> yeah absolutely so talk to me talk to me about the stages of getting into Deutsche Bank as a technology analyst because hmm. I know you so, interned with them before, right? The summer before. So yes, yes. I, always, I always ask my listeners who have done a summer internship and then proceeded to do the graduate role, what the differences are that they found. But I guess we should start with what made you choose a bank specifically. Mm-hmm. I guess some of it is influenced by the spring week that you did. Mm-hmm. But what made you choose a bank over another you know, company, for example, or sector even? Hmm. I would say when I was applying uh, for my internships, I didn't really have a very specific, you know, idea of what I should be doing and stuff like that. And also, I think one of the reasons I obviously chose chose a bank, I mean, banks were one of my top choices because they had a very good representation on campus. So I would meet them mm, in career yeah. and stuff. And they had this huge number of opportunities like spring weeks and then sandwich placement and summer internships and graduate program off-cycle internships like I could go on and on about it so I knew like of course like once I get into a bank there I already get this exposure which would be very helpful for my career and for me uh, for, uh, personally for myself for figuring out whether I enjoy working in this industry or not mm-hmm. and also one of the reasons I had a slight preference was uh, because I would like to work in a role where it's like an intersection of two different fields so I Absolutely love technology, of course. I'm committed to it. But working in a bank also gives me some exposure to finance. Yeah. I won't say I'm a finance expert at all. Like, I'm totally far from it. I barely know the F of finance so far. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if I really want to learn about another industry, the best way is to get involved in it. Mm. So, so this was also one of the reasons why banks were one of my strongest preferences to begin with. So I could not just learn about a new field, but also stay committed to my one true love of technology. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, coming to the process, I applied to all these different firms. I did spring weeks and stuff. And then after spring weeks, I applied to more summer internships. And along with a few other companies, I can't exactly recall which exactly did I get an offer from. But yeah, Deutsche Bank was one of them. And it was one of my top preferences especially it's a household name even back in India where I come from or even in the UK it's one of the top employers etc and they were on my radar so as soon as I got an offer from them I accepted it I did a summer internship for about two and a half or three months as Mm -hmm. a software engineer between my third and fourth year at university what kind of things did you get up to in your summer internship Hmm. so actually like uh, at first, even I didn't know what really to expect other than sitting at my desk and coding away and expected a very professional kind of an environment. Yeah. 
you know, I was a little intimidated to be fair, but honestly, when I went, it was like such a joy ride for for those uh, two or three months because uh, the first thing like the one thing db does really great is offering you a buddy so they offer you a buddy even for your interviews so even when you're appearing for your final interview with deutsche bank they kind of pair you up with another graduate who's already at the bank who could give you an insight into what the culture is like what to expect from the bank what the mm-hmm. bank me that oh you know what they really care about the people and they're so excited to maybe have us here and so, so that that already made a very good image of Deutsche Bank in my mind while I was still interviewing to the bank. Then I got another buddy. So mm-hmm. this way you're meeting more people. So you're already networking months before you have even stepped into the the building mm-hmm. of Deutsche Bank. Yeah. So and 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 of course my buddy described a lot of these things that they were involved with, etc. It sounded fun. So yeah. it was not just like work. You get plenty of opportunities to be involved in community engagement or just all the new technology stuff like side projects or seminars mm-hmm. or discussions discussion panels etc so so yeah i mean that obviously was one thing which i think is the case with a lot of big companies now all of them are out there and, and really involved with all the new technology and innovation stuff that's happening but once i entered the company in addition to my project which was a pretty huge responsibility my yeah. manager was yeah my manager was great like I think he had been working with interns and grads for the past several years. So, so he was very friendly, but at the same time, he exactly knew what to get, get out of me and mm-hmm. how to get me working right from day one. So mm-hmm. there was no time wasted there. I had a very good welcome, but then I also felt like I was contributing right from day one. Right. And yeah, in addition to that, they also made us do some side project on the internship, which was basically to get grads from all these different backgrounds and stuff together and to give a feel of what the different roles in a, uh, working on a project look like whether it's business analysis or software engineering etc and it was about something new some fancy machine learning project so that was really cool too so in addition we had stuff like csr days where you would actually go and spend a day volunteering and everything and actually giving back to the community which was amazing loads and loads of talks like they have huge industry partners from companies like IBM and stuff who give talks about all these new new innovations happening in technology so it's not just finance actually like not Mm. just a software engineering kind of role that you're limited to they are trying to yeah they're really like trying to be at the forefront of innovation and what kind of uh which is surprising right because we have this impression that banks are behind and they're more traditional and behind for example other bigger tech companies in embracing innovation and change so now that now that you've done your summer internship looking back now what sort of things did you think you found surprising and which bits did you find you know most challenging especially coming from you know second was it second year second year of university and then having to do this internship second or third year uh third year third year yeah yes after my second year i did spring weeks but then it was wasn't exactly the same you don't get involved in projects as much exactly Mm. yeah so yeah the good things I think what is surprising obviously the first thing like I mentioned that I was intimidated about what to expect in terms of the environment and the culture but Mm. unlike you know uh, what's kind of stuff is projected in the movies and everything the people are extremely welcoming they're super friendly and honestly I would say 
one of the biggest reasons I decided to return to this company was the culture. Mm -hmm. They are so amazing. People are actually ready to like leave the stuff for a bit and help you out with something. And if you maybe you're stuck at something or you just want to learn about something new, people are always happy to volunteer their time because they really want you to learn and explore the bank. And they literally, I think like the interns and grads are literally mollycoddled here. (laughs) So it's like you could use that free pass to go and talk to anyone, learn whatever you want. And they actively encourage that. So that was obviously one of the things like I didn't know how much am I going to love the people there and the whole work culture in general. Mm -hmm. That was one of the best things. The second being like you mentioned that despite the fact like, I mean, people have this view, right? Tech is traditional and then sorry, tech in a bank is very traditional and then tech companies are doing their own thing. But these companies actually collaborate really well. Mm -hmm. So you're not really missing out on stuff despite working in a bank. Like a lot of the inspiration from technology is obviously coming from all these innovations happening around the world. Mm -hmm. And, And collaboration is the best way to make something happen. And the banks, the, these banks and tech companies truly follow that. Yeah, so. <laughs> definitely. They're, they're definitely, yeah. banks are definitely a massive client of the tech companies for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, and the other way around when it comes to finance. <laughs> exactly. Everything's so yeah. interconnected, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so you're not missing out on stuff. And, and if I just think of the challenges, mm. I could say I didn't have any challenges, maybe in adjusting and stuff, but yeah, the challenges were mostly getting used to the enterprise tools because yeah. the kind of coding and stuff you do at university, it's very fundamental because obviously you need to get good at the basics before you could be building software that's being used by millions. But so we get like the basics of coding and everything you get a grasp of it but mm. once you enter an environment like this there are so many regulations and rules and and you have to like adhere to the standards there is no scope of a mistake at all and they have very specialized tools and everything to to achieve that so so it's like if university you're learning one thing at a time you're learning how to code once you enter a, a professional work environment there are 10 things at a time you're learning things like testing and then behavior driven development and devops and learning about the cloud yeah. Yeah. and and not it's not just about the coding it's actually you quote something but how do you actually turn it into a usable product yeah because that stuff has to be hosted on the cloud mm. and and what the user interface should look like there's a lot of work that goes into it it's not just mm. code it's infrastructure and security and everything so i think yeah just learning that was uh, had a bit of a learn um had a learning bit of a curve. Curve. yeah yeah learning how have curve. you found that how have you found the transition because i think this is one of the main things that i think finalists and you know finalists as a finalist you're super stressed because it's your final exams your final coursework everything is like there's such finality to it and then you go to the graduate you go to your your first job as a graduate and you realize this is actually just the beginning like I will be continuously learning and struggling and being challenged all my life should I wish to obviously and and how have you found that transition um it did scare me a bit initially but but then it all comes down to your managers and your team members they are more than happy to help you and also because they have been in that position themselves and now they are experts in their field so it's just not like that so they had to go through the same thing and they're extremely empathetic and obviously are willing to put in all the time and also these companies come up with their own set of resources you get free access to so many courses and learning material so all you need to do is just put in that bit of an extra effort in the beginning until you get used to it but but rest everything else is pretty much served to you on a platter you just have to learn how to use it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so let's move on to you finish your internship mm-hmm. move on to how was the process of you know getting your offer and then finally agreeing talk me through what it's like to be in a technology graduate scheme rotation I guess we should start with the onboarding first because did you go somewhere okay. fancy I'm sorry did you go somewhere fancy for the onboarding oh I didn't go somewhere fancy but like it's because I was based in London already but yes mm. all the other 
undergrads <laughs> from across the world, like 800 of them actually mm-hmm. came into London. Mm-hmm. So that's super fancy uh, in the sense, like, I mean, it's fancy for them. They get to stay in London for free and we don't go anywhere renting our own flats. Right <laughs> so, but no, I mean, that's the first network that you build in the bank. And this is something because everyone is at the same page as you, you know, you're all fresh out of university, equally clueless <laughs> what's happening. And but and so that's like the first friendship that you form. And there are people from so many different countries and backgrounds. And, and that is the whole purpose of flying people in, because honestly, training can be done anyway. You know, mm-hmm. you could be sitting in different parts of the world. And why would a company spend so much on training otherwise? But they actually did that. And they flew in all the people just so that everyone could be together and foster those relationships, which would probably last lifelong, or at least like as long as you're working in the bank, hopefully even beyond. So that was great. And of course, we, we had all our board members fly into London and address us. So you could ask questions to the CEO directly. I mean, it's amazing that being an entry-level employee in the bank, you could speak directly to the CEO, ask him questions to all the board members. They are coming in, spending their time just to talk to you, taking your ideas and let you know what, what the bank is like. And um, and of course, we had our technical training, which we had some business simulations and stuff. So it was quite fun and games as well as learning. And we had a few fancy parties as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, that was like the first couple of months before we hit our desks. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And, so tell, and then, mm-hmm. Sorry, go on. So tell me what was the first month like? Or I get like, tell me about how it works, the rotation scheme and what was what was the first month like as a new new grad so our rotation scheme is like our rotation uh, the number of rotations depend on your division and your location so for example finance can have four and for example say people in germany might have four rotations whereas we have two but mm-hmm. of six months each and they mm-hmm. normally how it happens is you can meet uh, you can speak to different hiring managers and stuff have a look at the projects and everything and yeah and then uh, you could put in your choices they could pick in your choices it's kind of like you know if you're a perfect match <laughs> you get onto that project yeah and, and then you can work so it really gives you the flexibility to choose what you want to do you know so for example like i was lucky i ended up getting my first choices in both the rotations oh wow what what did you do so my first rotation was as a machine learning engineer mm-hmm. and uh, my second one um, is as a Java developer, which I'm currently about two months into. Wow. Okay. So for any computer science students who, you know, are wondering what kind of projects and, and things, you know, they, that people like them would, could, could get up to in, in a bank, can you give an overview of the kind of different projects and the diversity of projects that's available for them or especially for an analyst? I think like that's very varied. Like there's a huge choice of things you could get uh, involved in. So obviously I can't go into the specifics of the project mm. because that, that's dependent on the function of the team. And there are just so many, might be hundreds of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know all of them probably. But but just to be clear, like I know a lot of my friends did get confused when I told them I'm a technology analyst. Mm. So they would think like analyst is some kind of a job, like a doctor or an engineer or something. But analyst is more of a corporate title. Yeah. And entry level uh, yeah. graduate in the company and an analyst can perform many different roles. So even within tech, an analyst could be a software engineer, a machine learning engineer, a mm-hmm. UX designer, a, a cybersecurity engineer, or, or maybe a cloud engineer, etc., and stuff like that. Or obviously a business analyst. Did I mention that? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it so within a company, these are like kind of the key areas you could involve uh, get involved with in tech in a bank. So one is traditional software development, and then the second being cloud. Right. So cloud is like the future. Everything's mm-hmm. moving there. Mm-hmm. So that's something like, uh, obviously, it's something that you need to know when you're working as a software engineer, because everything you're building is eventually moving on to the cloud. Yeah. But uh, but if you want to just specialize in cloud itself, you could actually become a cloud engineer as well. And, and companies offer training and certification courses and everything, which which I think yeah the employers would be able to tell about better. Mm-hmm. So you could also do that. Then some people could choose to go into cybersecurity. I honestly have no idea about the in-depth working of that area <laughs> because I'm not involved with it. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, then some people become cybersecurity experts. And, and then what else? Yeah, business analysts, they kind of act as a bridge between the software engineers and the front office business people. Mm-hmm. So translating their business requirements into a technical product. So mm-hmm. they work along with the engineers and, and the business people. So, so that's a very different role as well. And what else? And yeah, machine learning and data science stuff. There's a lot of these innovation and stuff happening. And as far as I know, some people can also get involved with, you know, like the incubator programs because right. a, lot of these big, yeah. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of these big companies also support support you know many different startups or new innovators so obviously they like to partner with them so finding the right partners and spreading the knowledge bringing them into the bank etc so i i personally don't know many people who who might be involved with this role but i know it's not something unheard of there are people who are working in it of course yeah and what sort of like future trajectory you know in terms of roles and in terms of moving up and becoming more senior and developing into more specialized roles do you see within the bank? If someone is, I'm sure that you've explored it when you were making your decision of the kind of roles that you can develop into in maybe five to 10 years time. Hmm. So I wouldn't say that I've explored it in great detail and have everything mapped out, mm. but I have a very rough idea at the moment because I'm still like really trying to figure out because these companies are honestly huge and, and, I won't exactly call it a drawback, but yeah, the one thing with people like me who really enjoy doing a lot of different things <laughs> is that you kind of want to explore everything. Everything, yeah. <laughs> I have the in, same problem. As, yeah, in as little time as possible. So I'm still trying to, still working with, so obviously a lot of people, you know, you start off as developers and then you become associates. So you mm. work on some more projects, you you become more specialized with a certain technology and then you move on as a vice president where you actually start managing people, leading projects and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, sorry, as assistant vice presidents. Yeah. When you can start managing people, managing teams, then vice presidents who have a very significant technical knowledge of, uh, of their area of work. So for example, if he might, they might be a specialist in Java or machine learning or cloud. So they lead projects like those, and even further than above vice presidents, then you have directors and managing directors who then decide the strategies and the projects, etc. I think that's far away in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But if we could say about in five years time, so maybe aiming for the position of, a, of an assistant vice president or a vice president, right? So, mm-hmm. so there are different trajectories, I think. You could stay technical, keep getting involved with projects or gradually also maybe see uh, move towards the business 
that's obviously highly dependent on the availability and the headcounts. It's a bit of a bureaucratic process and would depend on the employer and what yeah. are the kind of teams they're working with at the moment. But yeah, I do know that some people maybe, for example, they could stay on the technical track and then become leaders in the technology field as well, you know, up to positions that lead up to the chief technical officer. So they plan all the technology strategies of these big firms. Or some people, as uh, I know, they might, you know, work in, stay in technology and then maybe get some additional training and additional degree to learn about the business and then transition into that route as well. So more towards finance and business side of it. Great. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the main questions that I really like to ask my into mm-hmm. my my people <laughs> coming to the podcast so one of my favorite things to ask is what has been the proudest moment that you've done so far oh wow yeah it's quite a heavy is that quite a heavy question people tend to take a minute here yeah let me think so the proudest <laughs> you mean is the proudest at university at work could be anything or? it could be anything so far in your career path i think like there are a lot of little moments that i could be proud of individually but Maybe I would say that it's not like one specific thing that I can pinpoint. Yeah, obviously, yeah, graduating from university was a very proud moment. <laughs> Four years of all that hard work pays off and then you end, uh, end up having a job, which obviously is a thing to be proud of. But in addition, I would say I think the one thing I'm quite proud of is that I've always been involved in a lot of initiatives outside my main job, mm. um, whether at work or at university. So at university, I was trying a lot of different things. Obviously, a lot of them focused around technology and mostly about how I, and especially with the focus we have on diversity and inclusion. And we understand that fields like technology and finance that affect everyone. So because our target audience is so diverse, the people who are working in it and making all these products to be used by people, those teams need to be equally diverse as well. So there is this huge cultural shift, of course. We are becoming a lot more inclusive and stuff. And, and also, I relate to this cause very much because being an international student was a completely different experience for me. And I think mm-hmm. that has been the highlight of me coming to the UK to study is just how much it opens up your mind and exposes you to, to all, um, all the different opportunities and viewpoints that are available out there. So, yeah, I had already been involved in a lot of initiatives, especially, especially like how I could bring people closer to technology like I could say when I was in Durham and they had this thing called BP Awards by British Petroleum yeah so where you could where you would take up a like social project you know having to do something with science technology engineering or math and then if they like your idea you actually do it and then they award you and stuff so I won that award two years in a row in my first and second year And my projects were, I did a coding workshop with hearing impaired kids from poor families in North India. And, and, and the purpose of that was like coding is a skill. You literally just need an internet connection and the will to learn, you know, your, your disability shouldn't be a barrier in in getting involved in this field. Like I haven't worked with many, but as far as I know, there are actually blind coders out there. Great. that's so they're so inspiring. Yeah, this is how inclusive. This is. I know, I know, right? I would oh, totally love to, wow. you know, maybe meet them someday and ask, yeah. uh, talk about the experience to them. Yeah. So yeah, that was one. And my and the next year, I did this initiative, where again I went to a government rehabilitation center in India, which mm. was 
a rehab for women who were victims of violent crimes. Mm-hmm. So, so they were there learning vocational skills and stuff. And, and obviously they were learning computers as well. And a lot of them were not from very, very like financially strong backgrounds, of course. So they were getting some vocational training there. And then I did this a day long seminar or workshop, whatever you can call it mm-hmm. on digital skills for business. So, you know, all the stuff that they are, all the skills they're learning, be it cooking or hairdressing or, you know, embroidery and stuff like that, how you could actually turn it into a profitable venture and how it's eventually going to help them. Mm-hmm. And technology is this, um, technology is this one thing, which has really opened up the playing field for everyone, you know, without any geographical barriers and stuff, literally. So, yeah, these were uh, the kinds of things I'd done. And I was also, uh, involved as a teaching assistant at Durham. So I was teaching programming to year one students. And, and then I did, I organized an introduction to careers workshop in my final year, just before graduation, where I actually wanted to cover some very new and unique career paths within technology, like in addition to traditional software development and things like that. So I remember calling in people from scientific publishing or UX, game designing, and what else? And yeah, human computer interaction and things like these. Mm-hmm. So I really had these experts and yeah, technology journalism, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I actually managed to get in a reporter from MIT Tech Review, which was amazing. So amazing, yeah. Yeah. So it's because I really want to I constantly want to introduce people like technology is omnipresent now and yeah. our roles are not limited to just traditional software engineering. There is so much you could do out there. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so I've been doing that. And for all of these efforts, I actually received an award on my graduation, which is like Dr. Sue Black's tech evangelism award. Mm. So, so I, I think love that's Sue. Great, yeah. <laughs> oh, like one of so our heroes. Who doesn't love Sue? <laughs> doesn't yeah. love Sue? And yeah. um, so of course, just to finish off, you know, we mm-hmm. can't finish without asking what do you envision your career will be in five to 10 years? Hmm. Oh, again, like I mentioned in the, one of my previous answers, I'm, I still don't have anything laid out in concrete, but probably what I see is either I'll continue on the technical path or I might actually end up maybe getting a second degree or something and, and learn more about finance and business and see if I could work at the intersection of both technology and finance. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, let's see. <laughs> Great. Thank you for, thank you for, uh, coming in to the show Mm -hmm. and what's your last advice to anyone who's considering, you know, a a role such as your role in a bank, any parting wisdom? Mm. So I think I would say, especially, I think a, a lot of it comes from my personal experience and a lot of my friends have actually pointed this out as well. Some of us, you know, might come up with the perception that, you know, working in tech, you really need to be a nerd. You need to be geeky and stuff. That's not true. You know, just enjoy whatever you want. Like obviously enjoy your job, just learn whatever you want to do, but at the same time have interests that that actually makes you a more well-rounded person. So do stuff that's unrelated to your field of work, you know, Mm -hmm. have hobbies, get involved in a lot of different things, do a lot of social work and stuff like that. It's really going to teach you a lot. And it's not just obviously desirable in, uh, in an employee for all these big companies who are looking for people who who have a very multifaceted thinking, but also the fact it's really important for your mental health. 
I mean, it's not specific to any industry, but being a student and I, I was, I am guilty of this. Like I was someone who would glorify this whole hustle culture and I felt like you need to be working 24 seven and, you know, mm-hmm. just squeeze out the best out of every minute that you have free in your calendar, but you really don't need to do that. So, so it's okay. Like if you're excited about a lot of things, but in case you ever feel overwhelmed or anything, don't shy away from slowing down or taking help. It's, yeah, it's absolutely definitely. fine. You have to move at your own Recovery pace. is as, 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 as important as, you know, the exercise, as they say. Yes, correct. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. That's such a great, yeah. a great advice. Thanks for being on yeah. the show, Sumia. The pleasure was mine. If you got to the end of this episode and feel like you want to find your career calling, check out fycareercalling.com where I can help you gain clarity and confidence in your next step. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with a friend. Because friends, life is too short. Find what you love.